Hello, and welcome to Q&A Quest episode... 74! Wow. I'm your host, Mike Apps, with a glorious, perfect memory, uh, A.K. Wheels, and with me as always... David McBurney, Family Master, still somehow alive. Woohoo! No, do not ask for clarification, you won't receive it. Can I have some clarification? No. Okay. And I'll We're just going to have to like, imagine the possibilities. Mm. Yes. I promise I'm not a revenant. And also with us, as always... And Japan, Michael Baker, Gaijin Minogatari. Uh, just call me Gaijin because, hey, we want, don't want to get too confused. Yes, that is always good. Anyway, this... Um, so... We have the new site up and running. We have the new system of posting podcasts. And with it, our glorious archive and our RSS file are up to date. And shall stay up to date because they all get updated by the same thing. I can't believe half a wheel shop has been shunted off to a robot. Yes. This modern world. Yes. So in other it, words, it was the part of the job that sucked, though, so it's good. In other words, I can no longer F it up. Oh, I, don't, I wouldn't go that far. I, I'm sure you'll find some new way to do it. <laughs> Damn even it. I, even I managed to break the website two or three times in the last decade, and I don't know how I did a few times. Um, well, we'll see who's first to break the new website. Not going to be me, hopefully changed some HTML and it's reporting a segmentation fault. That shouldn't even be possible. <laughs> I didn't even write anything in HTML. <laughs> like, what, do you, what do you mean you accidentally erased the entire front page again? <laughs> Listen, it didn't look blank when I pushed it. Oh, this is, we, we need to move on from yes, these anyway. so, uh, so we have multiple methods to submit your glorious questions now. Uh, I have created a thread on the forums. It's in the role-playing games section. Um, and also, you can just post comments on the posts for any episode. Uh, and we will obviously be checking both. Um, so, you know, it's up up to you guys wherever you feel like posting. If you happen to be in the forums and you want to think of a question, you want to post it there, it's all good. If you want to respond directly to the latest episode or whatever episode you happen to be listening to, do that. Um, I would say probably not to, like, leave comments on, like, any really old episodes because I don't know how, how often we're going to, like, look back and check on those. Um... But, I mean, Basically, the same thing, older than the last two week times, put it on the forums. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll do our best to check things and make sure we answer your questions as soon as we can. And um, yeah, and there's also the Twitter, as always. Uh, occasionally get some questions there, usually when I like directly ask Twitter for questions. When you shout into the void. Uh, <clears throat> yes. But anyway, we're going to start with some questions from Shaman who is the first to ask some questions on the forums. And he says, um, Now that the worst series in video games, Neptunia, wow. has spread its plague to the Switch, should I simply bury my system or bust out the thermite? Thoughts? 
Why, uh, why punish the Switch for a game that you're never going to buy for yourself? Listen, it's not like they made the new Switch game be about a Switch console girl. Then Which we'd be doing fun in its own right. It, I mean, <laughs> they have had some interesting games that weren't complete crap. Um, but I actually like a lot most... of the games in that series. Wheels is about to talk about Hyper Devotion Noir, and I'm about to suplex him through a table. No, nope. thing is, I I only ever play really played the first game, and I couldn't really make it through the intro of the second game because of, of the jiggly boob physics added to static pictures, and thinking, oh dear lord, I cannot have this going on while my girlfriend watches <laughs> in the same room. Um, so I just gave up on the series right there. Jiggly boobs on static portraits sounds like the creepiest thing in the world. Yeah, it's a little... It's, it's like when you have... So yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when you have portraits blank, except more off-putting. Especially with the uh, the opening sequence for Neptunia 2 involving um, barely-dressed superhero girls um, being... What's the right word here? In bondage with black slime tentacles or something similar. Yeah, that, wow. oh. yeah, that about okay, describes that. that sequence. Yeah, no, it's yeah. that's pretty accurate. I, I've never played any of these games because they like the the entire joke bounces off me. Like, I can't come up with a good metaphor, but like, yeah. I know I know where I'm not wanted, and it's fine that I don't play these. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. For for the bits of the series I have actually looked at that were produced by the main company and not like Sting or some other third party. Um, they generally start at mediocre and sometimes trend a little up or trend a little down, but the gameplay itself is... You don't play these games for the gameplay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't, at least. Yeah, well, Hyper... De- if you- hyper... What the heck is the name of it? Hyper Devotion Noir. Was God, that the one that's made heart. by Sting? Yes, that's the Super Sting product. That's uh, one of the exceptions I'm holding out because it was not produced by Compile Heart. Yes. Yeah, well, he was, he was speaking developed. specifically of things not developed by Compile Heart. Well, their, their dirty fingers were, were still all over it because, um, <laughs> yeah, the combat was sweet. There's lots of good like, goofiness in the combat and whatnot. And then there's, like, whenever you meet new characters, they go out of their way to come up with weird, bizarre situations to provide a bunch of gross fan service. Which is the entire point of the series to yes. begin with. Yeah, like that product does not exist to fill other needs in your life, so I mean, like. But again, that's part of Compile Heart's business model. They have figured Boy. out. Exactly, they've figured out exactly how many copies they can expect to sell on the Japanese market in the first week. It, almost to the exact des, um, almost to the exact tens digit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot like how anime DVDs work. Let's be real. Yes. Except those are working on much smaller scales because it's like here's sixty dollars for two episodes. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yeah. Uh, don't don't hurt your poor switch. It didn't do anything wrong. And there's plenty of other good things on the switch. Yes. And more every day, and also a lot of really ill-advised ideas as well. Is everyone else looking forward to Resident Evil 7 on your Switch? No. Not. The only Played. Resident Evil I ever actually owned was, I think it was number 5. I got it in a lucky bag, uh, randomly. <laughs> and it's one of the one of the five items I sold back to a second-hand 
dealer, and it wow. was the reason why I actually made money off this exchange. Wow. Yeah, that is uh, not a recommended entry point for the series. <laughs> yeah, it's not a game you play by yourself, for one. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really wanted to bring this up because we have reached, we have crossed the Rubicon where a company has decided that porting something to the Switch has become important enough that it doesn't matter how little sense the port itself makes. Because this port can only be played via the cloud. Hmm. Seriously? Yes. Yep. That is dumb. Yeah. It's amazing. Dumb. <laughs> amazing that it's dumb. real. The dumb. I just, like, they announced it yesterday. It's out in Japan in less than a week, and I just can't get over the fact that it's real. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, granted, a lot, of, a lot of stores and malls in Japan have free Wi-Fi access for phones and stuff, so... It might look affordable, um, but still, it's kind of like, why? That would help explain why they only announced it for Japan, but... Yeah, it's one of those things I suspect never never goes anywhere other than where it already is. But it's, uh, it is a fascinating attempt to do something that really probably wasn't a great idea to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, don't don't destroy your switch. That's that's all our advice is here. Yeah, it's too nice a good toy to destroy. Listen, it, it's slowly, it's probably slowly eating the Vita's lunch in Japan. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got pick up literal pick up and play multiplayer. Oh, anyway, that's nice. so uh. I mean, it's you don't even have. I mean, you can have four-person multiplayer using a different Switch's controllers. Yeah, the internal engineering goal of make sure that every uh, that like a plain Switch controller. Yeah, yeah, the the internal engineering goals must have been really fascinating. Of like, the Joy Cons need to be able to act as individual controllers and the kinds of challenges that created. I would love to hear like a quote a pseudo. Like, Iwata asks about how these came about, like, a few years from now, when they're willing to talk about it. Yeah. Because, seriously, dude, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty brilliant. But it sounds like we're on to our next question. Yes. GTA V has now sold over 95 million copies or more than most RPG series. What would it take for an RPG to hit that number? Um, a great deal of violence and 20 years of cultural cachet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, the part of the reason that GTA is capable of selling is, like, inertia, and part of it is just that, like, I don't know that it's possible for RPGs to be that pick-up-and-play in their appeal... Yeah, I don't think so. The the accretion of progress is a big part of the RPG concept, and like, I mean, certain roguelikes you can do that, but but roguelikes that's... scare people enough, uh, scare people off enough that I don't know that they can become that big. Uh, I mean, unless it's like Crypt of the Necrodancer, where it's just that catchy. Mm-hmm. It would definitely need a hook, but I think a lot of it is also just that like. You can't, like, a lot of people that buy GTA never engage with what GTA considers to be its main point, which is, like, there's, they never play the story. They just, you know, 
it's a cops and robbers simulator, and you can do that within three seconds. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not sure it's possible for an RPG to communicate its fundamental value and make its make the gameplay so instantly appealing that it can reach that wide of an audience. Yeah. Hmm. It would also just like. RPGs are also just sort of beginning to dabble in the kind of game-as-service that GTA V is. Like, V keeps on selling because they keep on having ad campaigns, and they keep having ad campaigns because there keeps being new content that keeps drawing people in. And that the online component to it is pretty big at this point now, right? Like, the online component is what they sell now, dude. Like... I, I want to say that, like, just, like, cash transactions within the online component was responsible for, like, half a billion dollars for Take-Two in a recent, in a recent uh, like, that was without selling copies of the video game. <laughs> like, within, it was, like, within fiscal year 2016 or 2017. I remember reading this, and it was just, like, this is, this video game is basically enough to be a small industry in and of itself. Yikes. Like, that's also the reason that Grand Theft Auto 6 has not been forthcoming. There's no need. There, yeah. like, like, Grand Theft Auto 6 will likely be waiting in the wings the second that people stop, like, become less interested in continuing to buy Grand Theft Auto 5, and not a moment sooner. Mm. I, I, like, the, the closest we've seen to that kind of commitment to continued gameplay would, outside of the MMO space, which... Like naturally is the closest thing to arrival, but isn't even close to that number. Would be like sing the rare single player game that gets long term content. Like people are like Final Fantasy fifteen will have about two to three years worth of after content, but like that's not even close. There's blizzard games that are always sell for a long, 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 long time. Yeah, like there also has to be that confidence of like don't back down, don't budge, don't mark down, just keep selling the game. Yep. And there's a lot of there's a lot of X factors there that it's not really possible to not really possible to manufacture on purpose. Video game marketing is hard. <laughs> yes, sir. Yep. You know what marketing doesn't appear to be hard, and that is marketing for Deadpool 2 because they seem to be hitting home runs all over the place. I'm just amazed that they seemed to like underwrite selling cheaper versions of various Blu-rays if you were willing to have them like just covered in Deadpool's face. Yeah. I, and I mean, I don't know if they even needed like half this marketing, but uh, it certainly uh, creates lots of goodwill at least to to me. They, in they the got, wheels market. They managed to get Celine Dion to do the theme song, the opening, or whatever part of it that was, and do a music video with Celine Dion and Deadpool. Oh my god. And even better, even better, and um, I saw an, ar an article on this that actually quoted one of the, the people from the Deadpool mo 2 movie project saying that this would, in fact, make them eligible for best original song in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's actually been the intent behind getting Celine Dion to do it. <laughs> and now I'm just picturing Ryan, Ryan Reynolds attending the Oscars uh, fully in character. in character. 
Yeah, I mean, did you see when he came on um, the Colbert? Like, um, no, um, but I, I heard about it though. Yes. Glorious. Yeah. As an example of how to do intentionally viral marketing right. Yes. It can be done if you know what you're doing. And have Ryan Reynolds also. Yeah, I'll I mean, presume that's correct. Much, it's very much a character centric thing. Yeah. All right, I think it's time to move on to our Budai questions of the week, as he is always good to provide. Mm -hmm. Let me pull those up, because I am obviously not prepared. <laughs> oh, here we go. Do you feel Pokemon Switch plays it safe and sticks to the form formula, or uses this as an excuse to reinvent the wheel? I'm curious as to what fans want. There's some rumor uh, going around it's a remake of the first set of games. Um, that would not fit the Pokemon Company's standard method of operations at all. Normally they would, I mean, they've already got their expansion with Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon going on. So the Switch entry is going to be the first move into the next gen, which is, means new game. And then they bring in the remakes to help yeah. fill the gaps between the next yeah. new games. A part of me says they do remakes just because it's been so long since they like, a Kanto game actually came out. But they also republished um, red, blue, green, and gold and silver for Virtual Console. Yeah, but those are, like, those exist for people who played them before, and if new people play them, that's good. But when they bring back the, the old versions of the games, it's not to bring in a new audience. It's to, like, capture the nostalgia of the old one. I feel like there is, like, an audience, like, a very large contingent of Pokemon's audience that has never played these games, like, this region, and that they would want to try to inculcate into that sort of, like, nostalgic fondness of, like, this is what Pokemon looked like when it began, except now it looks prettier and you can tell what it is. So, I could honestly see that remake thing actually happening. Mm. I'm not sure if it's the first Switch game they do, but I wouldn't say that it's any further... I wouldn't say that it would surprise me if it was the second. I mean, it can kind of be oh, both. That, you can set it... You can set a new game in the old region, and but not have it be exactly a remake. I feel like doing that raises the problem of, like, what... Like, Pokemon is very sharply delineated into generations. Where does sure. that fall? I don't know. Some sort of new generation thingy. I mean, like, new generation is always just when do we debut new Pokemon? Yeah. Like, new, like if, they, if they set a new game in Kanto, they basically, by definition, can't introduce new Pokemon with it. Not necessarily. I'm sure you can come up with some weird story reason as why there's new Pokemon there. You could, but you defeat the purpose of having made a nostalgia grab in the first place. Like, you're trying to inculcate nostalgia for an old version of the game, and doing that by making, like, this weird half-not, half-a-new thing, half-an-old thing is just going to confuse the message. Especially since if they just do a straight-up remake, then they have to explain why you can't get certain um, pre-evolutions or post-evolutions, which... Man, I mean, they did... Oh, they, had, they, had, they had enough trouble with that with Fire Red and Leaf Green. 
Yeah. They basically just didn't even try. They just like yeah. whatever. <laughs> I mean, you could get you could actually I'm actually you couldn't even breed Pokemon until the post game on those two because the special nursery school that allowed for eggs was wasn't until the post game content. Yeah, like they just took a, they made a second daycare in the Sevi Islands just so that you wouldn't just yeah. like oh the first daycare just only takes one Pokemon. Of course you can't get eggs there. <laughs> Yeah, like, I think, like, it would make sense to remake Kanto just because, again, it is an easy, it, it is nostalgic, it is a simple way to test the waters with hardware, and it's been such a long time since these have been presented with, like, with reasonable, with new fidelity, because, I mean, like, it's weird to think about, but, like, those remakes of, the first generation are now like twice as old as the first generation was when they were made. Yeah. yeah. I think three times as old. They came out in like 2003. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think one thing I, one thing mentioned here is I don't think there's going to be any reinventing of the wheel. Oh, never. Yeah, nothing right. nothing of the sort. Like no. what, what whatever it ends up being, it's going to be very traditional for sure. Like the I mean, most I'm surprised that Sun and Moon adapted it or innovated as much as they did. Yeah. It's, you know, I wonder if they just thought, well, it's been a while. They kind of need to throw a little bit of new in there to shake things up. Mm -hmm. And it certainly worked because, you know, I really enjoyed what I've played of it. And they, they were obviously very popular. So, um, but I don't think they're going to take that as like, oh, we can do all sorts of crazy things. Ye no. Pokemon at this point is in a compatibility is God stage, so... Yeah. Like, anything that would cause games to lose compatibility with prior games would just be, like, asking for just... Like, part of the, part of the thing that keeps you into a franchise like this is just, oh, this, this is always... Whatever I've got now, I can just keep bringing forward. Yeah, and I mean, they have the whole Pokemon um, Bank thing now, so... Presumably, they'll be you'll be able to transfer your Pokemon over from some of the old 3DS games. So, I'm definitely don't want to mess sure that, that up. I'm pretty sure that the Virtual Console games actually were made compatible with Bank. They were, yes. Yeah, the, yeah, they yeah. do a they do a thing where like you trade something into the bank and it basically just generates a new Pokemon based on those stats because of how divergent the underlying code is. But it is still like you can trade a Pokemon forward from Generation One into Generation Seven. Which is pretty it's sweet. <laughs> Again, compatibility is God, and they don't want to break compatibility with uh, about 30 games, so... Yeah. Mm -hmm. I suspect, wh whatever it'll be, like, it won't be a top-to-bottom rethink so much it'll, as it will introduce new gimmicks, as is common to Pokemon. Yeah. I don't know that they can ever top themselves for ridiculousness like they did with... Uh, literally having to turn the 3DS upside down to evolve a Pokemon, but I mean, I look forward to them attempting it. Did they? When When did they do that? That, that was That's the it. squid thing in... Yeah, it's in, in K. Region. Oh. Yeah, uh, it's in Gen 6. Wow. Yeah, um, because, because... It was a joke because the Japanese word for upside down also sounds like squid lord. <laughs> Which is really good. Yeah. So it's, it's this miniature Cthulhu-looking squid little guy, and you actually um, 
at a specific level, or past a specific level, if you turn him over upside down while he's leveling up, he will evolve. And I was so amazed to find out that that was actually correct, because it sounds like one of those internet rumors that some people make up just to mess with the newbies. Yeah, like, uh, Americans didn't get the pun, but it, to us, it just seemed like they were calling back to, like, internet rumors, because there's, like, official Nintendo Power things where it's, like, turn your freaking Game Boy upside down and you can t turn your Dragonite into a Yoshi. So, like, it was one of those things that's, like, it, I feel like there is a point every generation where there's probably, like, internal brainstorming of what evolution method can we introduce that people will literally not, like, people will literally disagree with each other about whether it can possibly be real. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, there was... As far back as, like, Generation 3, where they did, uh, like, oh, this Pokemon only levels up when it's contest stats that you don't normally look at reach a certain point. Yes, Phoebus. Yeah, Phoebus into Milotic. And then they had to change that for every game afterwards because they didn't have the contests anymore. Until uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire when they finally brought them back. <laughs> yeah. Like, luckily they'll probably not have to worry about poor Inke just because, like, everything Nintendo releases from now until Doomsday will have some sort of accelerometer in it, but... Uh... But yeah, I, I suspect... We will get a. I, I suspect we will get Kanto remakes before we get Sinnoh remakes. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. And if we get a Sinnoh remake at all, it will be platinum. Yeah, that that just makes more sense. I mean, like, Pearl and Diamond just had too many issues with just the bestiary. Um, yeah, there's one fire line in those games. Um, that isn't a yeah. starter. Yeah, I mean, they even have a fire gym that was 90% non-fire type Pokemon. Actually, was, uh... quite a lot of gyms had um, outside or non-Pokemon um, of the wrong type just because they could use a type. Move. Yeah. I would suspect that any Sinnoh remakes would have to immediately start by, like, dragging in... Pokemon from later generations to, like, fill out certain types that just don't have much representation in the Sinnoh decks. <laughs> Everything but water. There was a ton of water Pokemon in There's that so game. much water. Like, that's true of every gen, because literally one-sixth of all Pokemon are water type, or at least part water type. Yeah. So, but yeah, like, there's a lot of strange holes in the Pokedex in fourth gen. So, those games will require a deft hand if and when they ever make them. Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> Any other final Pokemon thoughts? Uh, let me ride around on all of my Pokemon, you cowards. I don't care how small they are. <laughs> Right. Next question. What is your most wanted Kingdom Hearts world? Most. Oh. Hmm. 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 I would like to beat up the big devil guy from Fantasia. Hmm. That actually happened in KH1. It did? Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. He doesn't. Oh, okay. 
I haven't played any game in that series intentionally. Your wish, yeah. your wish is already for fulfilled. Chernobog is kind of kind of a surprise at the end of Kingdom Hearts One. He just sort of shows up right before the final boss, and it's just like, "What are you doing here? What happened?" But yeah, um, they also did a proper Fantasia world in the 3DS game that has a cute thing where like all of the sound effects that you would normally make are entirely replaced by like musically appropriate sound effects. <laughs> nice. But, uh, this is tough because it involves, like, getting into, like, I don't, uh, you know what? Screw it. DuckTales. Woohoo. Woohoo. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I mean, would... like, it ha I don't think the Disney Afternoon had any real presence in Japan, so that's the real bottleneck here, but. Yeah, well, I mean, they do now, so a lot of the later, um, a lot of the current Disney TV shows are very well known in Japan. Kingdom Hearts 4 will have uh, will have a world based on the new DuckTales. I could live with that. Yeah, I'd be fine with that, actually. I think I just came up with the best idea. Yep. And get and get all of the same voice actors in, so you will have Lin-Manuel Miranda in a Kingdom Hearts game. Mm. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Now I'm just happy thinking about that. <laughs> was there more to this question? <laughs> uh, no, that was it. Um, uh, you kind of stole my one in uh, DuckTales. Uh, I'm trying to think of another good one. Um, Darkwing Duck, next one. There you go, Darkwing Duck. That would definitely. You can't be have one without the other. It just wouldn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. How about? I just saw like a promo for like Launchpad watching a. Uh, Darkwing Duck cartoon in the new DuckTales. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I've watched that episode. It's pretty freaking glorious. If I do it. say so. Yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of any other ones. Gummy Bears would be fun. Bouncing here and there and everywhere? Yeah. High adventure that's beyond compare. I remember, like... There was a there was a joke I was having with some friends while I was streaming Kingdom Hearts 2 for them. Where like someone joked about the idea of like doing a goofy movie and how on earth that would work. And it came it turned into this horrible macabre concept where like Sora just gets like has to like since a lot of times like Sora and Donald and Goofy will get turned into some sort of like vaguely matching character design. The joke became this awful concept where, like, Sora gets replaces Max in this story, and Goofy is just confused and terrified the entire time. <laughs> so now I want that as well. <laughs> that that does sound pretty sweet. <laughs> it's a nightmare because it's just like we were just imagining that Goofy can't remember who Max is, but he notices something is wrong every time that a song has to rhyme the name Max, <laughs> which happens at least a couple of times. So this this new Kingdom Hearts is probably gonna have a frozen world, isn't in it, isn't it? There's no way it doesn't. Yeah. It's... And if you're gonna complain about it, then you just need to let it go. <laughs> oh, well played. Well played. Well, like we know the absolute cutoff date for what had to be out by the time that they locked down what worlds were in the game. So like. The only thing, what we can be sure of is that nothing more recent than Big Hero 6 made it in. 
Mm-hmm. So, no Moana for anyone that was hoping for that. Oh. I'm kind of sad myself. Let the rock in Kingdom Hearts. Yes, please. <clears throat> See, what else is there? I mean, there's always the pie in the sky idea of, well, you got all these tons and tons of properties. How about some Marvel and some Star Wars in my Kingdom Hearts? But if I, you've ever read about the dangers about what killed Disney Infinity, you know why that's probably not happening. I don't know what exactly they said killed Disney Infinity, but mm, there is. I think there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, there's a lot, but like, here's one of the things, and the reason that I say that, like, I don't know that I won't say it won't happen, but it's going to. It's not going to be all at once, is what I would put it. Okay. Because, like, the way that I remember reading about it was basically Disney Infinity had to flood the shelves with a lot of product no one wanted. And part of the reason that was is that their team had to pitch different er like, different sectors of Disney had to be pitched on the inclusion of their properties. Oh, God. And so people who controlled things like Star Wars would say, like, okay, you can have this character whose figure kids will actually buy if you agree to include X, Y, and Z character no one's ever heard of, and they have to have their own figures. Mm. So, like, the issue is that because Disney seems to be a, a, like, conglomerate of little fiefdoms that have fair, like, say over how their licenses are represented, you may run into issues of these companies, like, these people are less willing to have their have their IP in Kingdom Hearts, or these ones only want it if you're, they're willing to do, like, you ha- you can't just do, like, a Marvel world. You have to do a uh, world for X, Y, and Z new Marvel movies that are forthcoming at the moment. Mm. And that's what would be my concern for that, or something like, you can't just do, like, a Star Wars world that's, like, a new hope or something like that. It has to be, like, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z. It has to cover, like, X, Y, and Z movies, and it has to, like, fit in with this, that, and the other thing, and it just becomes, like, I'm not sure that they are... that there's... that they're gonna go through the hoop jumping that will be required to get, like, all the dream worlds that people want to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, well, I'd like poop. To I've got all sorts of ideas for, like, how you incorporate, like, a Star Wars world, like, to me, like, the Star Wars world doesn't exist... It, like, doesn't show up just as, like, here's a Star Wars world. And, like, I was thinking about this, and it was just like... What if, like, you just kept fighting TIE fighters in the gummy ship segments? Like, off and on, in between all the Heartless? And then, like, partway through the game, you would eventually find a Death Star world. <laughs> like, that's, that's, what's, cool. that's, that's what seems like the way you incorporate, say, Star Wars in. And that would be really sweet. Please hire me. I've got. I'm a very good ideas man. I don't have any way to implement my ideas, but I'm a very good ideas man. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's a million or more people just like you, or I know ideas. But... I've got all. I've got a lot more bad ideas. Let me tell you. Listen, I spent like a, I spent like an hour yesterday imagining a gritty Scruff McGruff reboot where he fought, where he had like an arch nemesis named the Meth Lab. So like, trust me, I got a lot of bad ideas. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, 
Alright, well, let's see. Why did I navigate away from that page? What am I doing? Why did you navigate? I don't know! Let's <laughs> uh, see. Doesn't it feel like Yakuza is becoming more popular in the West, or is it mainly because I'm tuned into it now? Nearly the second half of Yakuza 6... Nearing the second half of Yakuza 6, I wonder if Kiryu's... I wonder Kiryu's fate... What are the odds of fans demanding he appear in another game, even if it's another prequel? The the Yakuza team has implied they want to make another prequel that takes place between 0 and 1, but I suspect that game does not star Kiryu. I forget who that is. What do we do? Kiryu is the main character. Okay, Yakuza. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. I know who that is. So, Clearly. Uh, Clearly. Have it star the crazy guy with the eye patch. Yeah, like there, like the thing is that Kiryu doesn't really have any story between Yakuza Zero and One, but Majima very definitely does. And so. that would be so crazy because like Majima I, is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they clearly want to do more with Majima. They, they jammed a new story for him into two, just sideways, in order to get it in there. So. Like, I suspect that if you ever see a, like, there's there's no good way to term this, Yakuza 0, 2, Yakuza 1, like, 0.5. Yakuza you ever see Stories. The, yes, Yakuza Stories. If you ever see that, it's going to be, it, it's probably going to be a Majima game. I, and the fans will not complain. Yeah, no, like, if there's one character that people will want to see more uh, come back, it's going to be Majima, because, like, on some level, you can accept that Kiryu's story is done, whereas Majima, like, the, that's a man of a thousand stories just any time that he's doing anything, so. I, I suspect that that's, that's probably also how they'll tie in, uh, like, they'll probably try to keep you feeling like Yakuza 7, Shin Yakuza, whatever you want to call it, like, how one of the ways that they'll tie it back is probably that, like, Kasuga Ichiban will probably end up meeting up with a few characters like Akiyama or uh, Majima, just because it'll give a sense of continuity without overtaking his new story. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so as, as for whether Yakuza is getting more popular, like, I definitely feel like Zero was a, a big point where, like, it, it at least crossed over from, like, constant failure to gain traction in the U.S. to, like, at least being a cult hit. Yeah. So, like, I do think it is getting more popular. I'm not sure if 6 has, will, will, will have done, wow, that's an awful statement, will have done better than Yakuza 0, but I think, like, it, it struck me that I saw, while I was going through a big box store, I saw, like, a uh, marquee that's just like Yakuza 6 coming, you know, the day it came out. Like, it's like, oh, huh. Never seen that before. Do they have um, Atlas USA working on Yakuza, or is that still like an internal team somewhere in Southern uh, America? I don't, I'm not convinced that the two things are meaningfully distinct at this stage. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Like, I'm, I'm given to understand, like, there's a, there's a few front-facing people that are very definitely, like, the localization leads on Yakuza. And they're, they're very outspoken. Like, they do, uh, like, 
they've done live streams talking about the localization process. They've done Reddit AMAs. They they're very front facing about like the challenges of localizing the series, and like they're obviously very enthusiastic about the product. So yeah, I feel like in general they've done a much better job of like promoting the series. Oh, definitely. Like they they've they've done a better job of engendering a sense of community and fandom around the series as opposed to it just being a few scattered people saying these are really good you should play them. Yes. People like you. Yes, I've been the awful irritating man for like 10 years now. <laughs> and you've gotten me to play about half of a Yakuza game. Well done. Well done. One sir. day, one day I will convince you to actually finish one. Well, I I at least am supporting the series. You have to give me that. Yes, I, I, I will, I'm not here to chastise you. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in what the Yakuza team is working on, because like, there's been indications that in addition to Yakuza 7, Shinryu Gagotoku, whatever, they're also working on some sort of new IP, and the last time they did that, they made Binary Domain, which is a pretty good mm. shooter that no one played. Mm. I am interested, sir. Interested. Can't believe, can't believe you do this to me on air. <laughs> Which thing? This thing where you where you cut me off and you're like, mm. <laughs> I don't know, sir. I do this to you all the time. <laughs> I don't get to complain. Okay, well, I should stop yelling. <laughs> oh, sorry. What were we talking about again? How did we get to Yakuza? Oh, he directly asked uh, about Yakuza. Someone asked right. about it. I was going to say that was the actual question for once. We did not actually go off topic. We did not go off on a tangent? I swear, I, I don't did understand not drag this. us kicking and screaming onto another discussion entirely. I don't understand this. Someone explain Yakuza this Yakuza Kiwami concept. coming this August. Yakuza Kiwami 2 coming this August. It's a remake of the best one. I think I pre-ordered that one, because you made me, or something. Yes, I did. I told you that there was a steelbook and your brain died. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, that's how you get me with the goddamn steelbooks. I know, I know how to trick you. <laughs> they know how to trick you too, but I know how to trick you as well. Because it's just like, oh, there's a steelbook. I should send this link to wheels and let nature take its course. Uh, it's not fair. <laughs> I'm like a moth to the flame. Concerned. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, Alright. <clears throat> Next question. Have you ever... Oh my god, what is this, Budai? Have you ever... <sighs> have you ever read the lengthy article about Dai Katana's troubled development? It's really interesting. What are some development stories that really stand out to you? I feel uh, like there's more than one like the article about Daikatana's development. There may in fact be a book. Yeah. There may be more than one article about how the fact that Daikatana is not actually how you read those kanji in Japanese. Yeah, I mean, I think John Romero was more busy telling you to suck it down than worrying about what his name, game's name actually meant. Yeah. So. But how are those kanji read in Japanese? I'm curious. Daito. Ah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, I, I've read a few articles about Daikatana at various points. Uh, like, that game, like, 
as doesn't seem true until you're in that situation. Having too much money and not enough expectations is the recipe for turning into something that isn't finished. Mm. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just need limits in order to help define what you're doing, or else you get lost in it. Yeah. Like, limits are what force you to decide what ideas you can... what ideas are worth keeping and what ones aren't. And... Daikatana is too much money and not enough not enough limits. And that's that's true of a lot of tragic games that looked really cool and then they never came out. But I, I'm I'm interested in a lot I, I spend a lot of time looking up information about like I read about this ten years ago and it never came out. What was it? Did it like has anyone ever found a playable code from Frame City Killer for the Xbox three sixty? No, they haven't. It probably sucked. Do you remember the but, Prey sequel that never came out? Oh yeah, Prey 2. It looked kind of interesting. As opposed to Prey 2018, the sequel to Prey 20, 2006. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, that one was supposed to be open world for some reason. You were a bounty hunter or something? I don't know. It seemed. Yeah. Weird. It, there was a there was a Polygon article that went up just this morning that was just about the 2010 Splatterhouse reboot, and that shed some light about what. An interesting thing that you don't often hear about when something goes wrong, which is just developer and publisher are not communicating well on what the game is actually supposed to be. <laughs> so, like, you get Namco, like, I'll just summarize this article, but it's on Polygon. It's a pretty good article. Uh, but you get Namco, who wants a game that's very similar to what Splatterhouse was before. It's, uh, like, an 80s, like, an 80s slasher movie homage where you're playing as Jason Voorhees except you're trying to rescue your girlfriend. And, like, Bottle Rocket Studios, the original company contracted to make that game, is like, we want to go, we go weird. And so they start making, instead of, like, these, like, original Splatterhouse is just full of things like, oh, here's a scene from Poltergeist, here's a scene from Friday the 13th, all that. Like, they just go straight into, like, huh, we're going to make weird monsters. Here's a man with a TV for a head with a with a plug plugged right into his crotch. Nice. And it's it's just full of weird... Like, they just... They found some of the old concept art, and it's just, like, they're full of weird ideas, and, like, they're trying to fit it into a game design mold that the publisher doesn't like, and eventually the project just sort of gets reset internally and done by an internal Namco team. But it's one of those things where it's just, like, sometimes games don't happen because the publisher and the developer just can't agree on what they're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm remembering, like, Game Boy Color RPG Mithri. Yeah, that was one of the tragedies. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't find a, they couldn't find a producer? Like they, a, they couldn't get a publisher. Publisher, I meant, yeah. Yeah, they had a publisher for a while, and, like, their publisher either dropped it or, like, went out of business straight up. And they, they could not find a second one, and the project died. But, uh... Yeah, I'm trying to think of this happening to RPGs. Uh, like, I've, I've rambled at length at least three times about the tortured development of FF13 and 15 based on every piece of publicly available data I can find. Uh, as for straight-up cancelled games, though... King of Pirates. Oh, Kaio! Yeah. Oh, man, I remember that discussion. Yep. Give me my pirate penguin. Bring him back. Mm -hmm. um, you, you got any? 
Oh, I mean, most of the big ones you probably never heard of is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Just because most companies are not Square Enix and they don't announce all of their plans ten years in advance. Yep. One of the, like a lot of times, like you know, given how long games go into develop or in development for now, you probably you could probably find a bunch of games that are like, oh, this, we went two three years on this project. It ne- it was it never got to the point where we announced it, but you know, a lot of people spent a lot of their lives on it. You got any of these wheels? Um, I mean, there's always the fun topic of uh, Duke Nukem Forever and that oh, tortured development. I kind of wish that hadn't come out. Yeah, God only knows That's how many times that how many times that game was restarted from scratch. Not enough is the problem. Yeah, that's, that's probably true as well. But, like, the, that one's also well-publicized and very much has the Daikatana problem of too much money, not enough expectations. Yeah. Because I, I remember reading, like, there's, like, five different corroborating sources that was just, like, new game would come out that was impressive, and the entire team would talk about how, like, it was important to make sure that George Broussard was not allowed to play it. Because <laughs> then he would, like, force them to try to incorporate aspects of it into the game. Whoops. Video games are a collaborative creative process, and uh, sometimes when people can't harmonize on what they want to make, a a director has to put their foot down and say, too bad, this is what we're making. I remember, I guess I'll I'll fire off one more. Uh, Back in the day, this was kind of a big one. Resident Evil 1.5, which was directed by Hideki Kamiya, who went on to do Devil May Cry, Beautiful Joe, uh, Bayonetta, a whole bunch of games. A lot of action games. But uh, he mentioned on his Twitter, like a year back, basically, he kind of reminisced on the development process. And what he had to say was that the problem with Resident Evil 1.5 was that he wanted to incorporate everyone's ideas. And they did not fit. They did not meld together. And so, like, what he had learned from that project is that sometimes an idea is good, but it doesn't matter. You have to put your foot down and say, this is the product we're making. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty interesting. Resident Evil 3... Uh, Resident Evil 4 has a bunch of those as well. There was that interview with one of, one of the former directors of that game before Shinji Mikami took it over again, who wanted a game that would have required the game to, on the fly, be loading in, like, three different versions of every map at all times, so... What? Like, basically, he he wanted to make it so that, like, you could walk down a hallway and then turn around and be in a completely different area, and it's just like, like, that's a cool idea, but memory constraints are going to keep that from ever working. Yeah. Non-geometry in a video game. Yeah. There's ways you can do that. It doesn't involve loading really complex 3D maps in while the player is turning around. (laughs) Or or using four-dimensional models for your maps. Yeah. Leon wanders through a tesseract. Oh, you don't go through a tesseract, you go frackward. <laughs> frackward through the frackward the Klein bottle. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I got a million stories about uh, about canceled video games. I spend too much time reading about these. Or even just, like, fascinating early builds of games. Go look up some videos of early footage of Ocarina of Time if you have time. 
Well, I, I remember being on the, the uh, World of Nintendo forums back in the day, and one of the regulars on there claimed to have an uncle who had been on the design team for Ocarina of Time, and he actually had a beta copy. Oh, man. And His uncle did work at Nintendo. <laughs> yep. And so there were things like how the... I may have mentioned this before, but like the Forest Temple's original boss was supposed to be a giant go Poe ghost, and the the shade of Ganon, who was the actual boss in the game, was supposed to be the Light Temple boss. Except the Light oh. Temple level never happened. <laughs> There's also the, just... Oh, good. Yeah, and the uh, and the Phantom Ganon was more complete than the Ghost Poe was. So they used him instead. Hmm. For that boss. Just I almost like, believe that one. Yeah. But uh, there's also just the temples that are known to have been cut because, like, they were acknowledged as having been reworked into temples in later games. Mm -hmm. Like, several of the temples in Wind Waker are just known to have been cut areas from uh, from Ocarina of Time. Like, there was a Wind Temple at one point that didn't make it in, but there's a Wind Temple in Wind Waker for that reason. Hmm. But, like that's that's one of those things where like it, it came up because uh, there's also cut content from Wind Waker and people when they were re-releasing re Wind Waker as Wind Waker HD there was of course questions of are you going to restore those those areas that you cut from Wind Waker and like Aonuma was basically like it's not really possible like any any design work we had done on those just got rolled into a later game mm -hmm. so it's like we'd just be making new content from scratch and that's not really the same as restoring content hmm So yeah, the stories of cancelled video games or just the different directions games could have taken are fascinating and endless. Please ask more questions if you want me to bramble about this more. I'm sure everyone else will pretend to be entertained. Or be actually entertained, because these stories yeah. are usually pretty interesting. Okay, we're not. Okay. Not when I'm telling them. First Strike, Grant City, Anti-Crime for the PlayStation 2. No. <laughs> could talk about the development of Final Fantasy Versus 13. I've done that before. Or the lack no. thereof for years. No thank you. We've beaten that dead horse enough times. Yeah, that's true. Please, not again. Do I have to go back to the hell again? Yes? No. 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 Alright, next question. Do we, have time? do we have time? More questions? Barely enough, but sure, let's do one more. All right, let's do one more. How does video game tester sound? Does video game tester sound like a good job on one hand and terrible on no. the other? Um, it only sounds good in your dreams because yes. in reality, it is a nightmare. Yes. In reality, it's playing a game that doesn't work at all for twelve hours straight and doing the most repetitive actions imaginable to try to see if the game breaks when you do them. And then getting yelled at by people who have a very vested interest in it not actually being broken. Even yeah. You get the fun time of any time you're doing your job right, you are making someone else's job harder and they hate you for it. Yeah, imagine playing an unpatched version of a uh, Elder Scrolls game uh, for many hours a day and pointing out all the issues. There you go. This quest is broken. Too bad. Ship it. Jumping up and down ten hundred times in a row just to see if that last time breaks the game. Oh, the sound broke, and I reached a state where I couldn't progress in the intro to the game. Well, ship it. 
This wall seems weak. I keep jumping through it. Many of these things actually happened to me in the shipped version of Skyrim on PS3. You're not you're not bitter, are you? Nope. 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 Don't know what you're talking about. Wow. But yeah, no, not not fun. It's it's a it's a job that sounds a lot more appealing than it is because you don't forget that video games aren't finished when you start testing them. Yeah. And sometimes aren't finished when you finish testing them. <laughs> and then there's the fact that it pays crap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're you're working minimum wage and you're working like crazy hours. Yeah, and I mean really testing any sort of unfinished software is not fun. And games are software, and testing unfinished games is not fun. So, yeah. Um, maybe it's, it's fun to you. You know, I'm sure people do it, and some people probably enjoy the job. You just need to know exactly what you're uh, getting into. Also, you're not playing the, the games that are fun either. Yeah. Too bad you're testing, uh, you know, some kids... Uh, a licensed children's game that only exists on the iPhone that you have never even heard of what it is a license of. That's your job now. Somebody's got to do it. Someone has to sit there and explain that there is a there is an unsigned int overflow that gives you too much premium currency. Please fix. Listen, that Paw Patrol game that's getting made, somebody has to test it. I'm not sure if you're talking from experience. No. I would never sign up for that job. I'm not sure if you're talking from experience of having played an upcoming Paw Patrol game. I don't believe it's out yet, and I'm hoping uh, my daughter is no longer interested in Paw Patrol by the time it comes out. <laughs> and please, that please, quite a gambit. video game industry, please hear my, hear my plea. Do not make a goddamn Blaze in the Monster Machines video game. Please don't do it. Don't. I don't. I'm not even sure if you just made that license up entirely. It's a real show. It's about talking monster machines, and the main character is played by Nolan North. Well, that does sound pretty rad, and I think they should make that video. It's god awful. <laughs> god awful. Listen, Goof Troop was not a good show, but Shinji Mikami made helped make a very good plat, uh, a very good puzzle game around it. Compared to Blaze and the Monster Machines, Goof Troop is a masterpiece. <laughs> I'm just saying, the license is not inherently tied to whether the game is good. Yes, yes, that's true. However, the fact that it is a tie-in game to anything really lowers the chances that it is good. Yes. It's true, it's true. Uh, are you excited to have your favorite Street Fighters fight against your favorite uh, Power Rangers on your iPhone? No. No. If that's real. Don't care. Too bad, it's real. You have to live in that world. Ryu has fought the Green Ranger. And it's very specifically a Power Rangers game, not a Super Sentai game. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how we how we went to this direction. I don't know, but let's... I need to get going in a few minutes. Yeah, all right, let's okay. wrap this up. Uh, you can send us questions in the normal manner, forums, uh, comments, comments. On, on the post for this episode, Twitter, I'm at Ask Wheels. No one else is 
particularly available on Twitter other than me. Wow. Uh, well, it's true. <laughs> one of you is not on Twitter, and one of you has a locked account, so there you go. Listen, if someone asks, if someone sends a follow request, I will not even look hard enough to see whether they, whether I don't want them to. That's true. That's true. But yeah, that's how you can reach us. Um, you can also probably tweet at any other... You can also send your complaints to pretty much anyone in RP Gamer, and they'll probably just forward them to me, and be like, okay, here you wheels, you deal with this. Uh, so, someone who, is, who has guested on the show once 60 episodes ago gets a tweet complaining about us. <laughs> Have uh, you ever actually made any complaints? Uh, gotten any complaints? Yes. I, oh, really? Wow. Um, I think someone said our reviews weren't objective or something like that, and... I feel like that's everyone, every, everyone on every site, though, so I mean... Yeah, I think that was about it. I think it's like I, cosmic background I think I got, like, some joke complaints from uh, either former Q&A hosts or friends of former Q&A hosts, because the, the questioning was very suspicious. <laughs> uh... Yeah, not really too many complaints. And hopefully there aren't too many complaints about the new site, because it's awesome! We're in the modern age, people! Can't believe it doesn't look like a site from about 2001, too? We'll go no. with that. Yeah, I know. So that means, you know, very soon someone will come out with some sweet new uh, website tech, and we'll be promptly relegated back to our post as completely outdated. In short the, the Dustbin of Web 3.0? Are we on 3.0 right now? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. know. I, I just remember reading comments about our website, things like, yeah, you got to respect someone who hasn't actually changed their website format in 15 years. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but now we have, it's all good. It's easier for people to post. It's easier pe for people to review. Not me, because F reviewing. Uh... <laughs> Wow. Yeah, sorry. This, this quitter. We we recently recorded a uh, RPG backtrack about Disgaea D2 and Disgaea 5, the game that ruined reviewing for me, so <laughs> brought up some bad memories. Wow. Oh, yeah, I, I actually have a couple reviews I need to do now that the new site is up. Yes, you should do that. It's so much easier. It's great. Yes, I should have this experience. Maybe actually get me back into doing these things more often. I gotta see these opinions. Like, there's no other place that I can turn for, like, these Japanese games that no one covered in English. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the next game would be Blazer Drive, which I do have the review written. I just haven't actually done anything with it in the last five months. And um, I think it's not time-sensitive. Oh, definitely not. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds neat. It, it's I feel like you've talked about it. Stickers. Mystic. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember the Mysticers. Say, um, quite very forgettable derivative story, um, but really cool car, um, card-based battle system. Just for wheels. Now I'm very interested. I, w I need to read this. <sighs> mm. <sighs> All right. Anything else, guys? Or should we wrap this up? I'd say we take it on the road. All right. We'll see you next time, peeps. See you next mission. <laughs>